0: Welcome to a very special edition of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and if you're a normal listener or a viewer of the show, you're wondering why are there two episodes out this week? Because I normally release episodes on Mondays. There was an episode this past Monday, but I think the occasion warrants a, a special episode of this show. And I haven't done a review for this podcast in quite some time, but there's a movie that recently came out that is to me absolutely worth talking about. And that is the super Mario brothers movie. Uh, It was done by uh, illumination studios. And of course, in collaboration with Nintendo based off of the iconic Mario brothers franchise that has spanned over 30 years. And, I've been excited for this movie for quite a while, really since they announced it, uh, because I can remember the live-action movie that came out uh, in May of 1993. I was six years old, a f- couple of short months away from uh, turning seven, and of course, like when that movie was announced, I was excited for it because I grew up huge fan of Mario. I can still remember... Uh, playing the original Mario for NES at my aunt's house, and then, of course, going on to play Super Mario World. Haven't really missed a Mario game uh, since I was introduced to it. So, was excited for that movie when it came out. We won't spend a lot of time on that movie because it's not good. We all know it's not good. Uh, It really is the... I call it the original sin of uh, video game movies, not original sin the movie but this really put a damper on any decent video game adaptations you know and when when people think of movies that are based off of video games this is usually the first movie that comes to mind which is quite unfortunate but thankfully with some more notable films that have come out including this one um maybe we'll get more but we'll we'll get into that a, a little bit later um, in the conversation, and I'm probably going to be a little all over the place with this review, because in addition to uh, talking about the movie itself, I want to talk about what it could mean for the future of video game adaptations. Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, as I said, is an animated film in collaboration with Illumination Studios. Um, they did all the Despicable Me movies, uh, most notably known for the Minions. In collaboration with Nintendo, it was directed by Aaron Horvath and Michael Jelinek, and of course has a pretty good uh, cast of voice actors, some with some controversy that we will get to. Uh, Chris Pratt, of course, is Mario. Charlie Day is Luigi. Anya Taylor-Joy is Peach. Jack Black is Bowser. Keegan-Michael Key is Toad. Seth Rogen is the voice of Donkey Kong, among a few other Um, you know, numerous characters that appear uh, throughout the movie. I I did want to start uh, with uh, Chris Pratt. When he was announced as the voice actor for Mario, it was met with a lot of criticism. And a lot of people that may not be too familiar with the video game community, they can be pretty harsh. And it's uh, to the point of, it's kind of like Star Wars fans. You know, it's not that They just want one thing to be, you know, canceled. They want the whole thing blown up if something doesn't go their way. But I said I would give it a chance. Um, I wasn't going to let it deter my anticipation for the movie. Would not have been my first choice. But once the first trailer came out, everyone was like, well, it it sounds like Chris Pratt. But the trailer itself looked really good. And I I said to myself, I'm going to go in with an open mind. I'm not going to have very high expectations. I was expecting the movie to be good, but I wasn't expecting it to be great. And what I saw was great. And the 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 return um, on investment is pretty notable already. Um, it was released, you know, over Easter weekend, so it had a couple of extra days to to bring in some money worldwide. As of this recording it has made $375.6 million, which makes it the top opening for any animated film ever. That's better than Frozen, better than any of the Pixar movies, better than any of the straight-up Disney movies. It, it's it's incredible, is really what it is. And I, I think it boils down to a couple of different factors. I think... Mario is a very notable character, and he transcends his medium. Much like, you know, I use this wrestling analogy. Even if you don't watch professional wrestling, you know who Hulk Hogan is. You know who The Rock is. You know who Stone Cold Steve Austin is. You know who John Cena is. There are characters and names that transcend their profession, and Mario is that. Like, I would put him you know, up there on the list with Mickey Mouse as some one of the most recognizable figures and mascots in pop culture. And it's kind of crazy that just now we've gotten a faithful adaptation uh, on the big screen. And, and I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Nintendo, I don't think, is really needed to because Nintendo has, has a history of doing their own thing like they they don't go along with you know what other people think they should do they're going to do what they want to do and and, you know most people that i know who play video games will play xbox or playstation they don't have a switch they'll remember nes super nintendo and n64 but they don't keep up with the modern form of nintendo But Nintendo does their own thing and they're still quite successful at it. You know, they're, they're still around Um, their individual properties still do really well. And and I think that live action movie that came out in 93 really made Nintendo leery on releasing any of their properties. Cause they, there hasn't really been a Nintendo movie, you know, an adaptation of any of their games. And I, I remember a while back reading that there was the possibility of a Legend of Zelda series for Netflix, and then that was canned. I never 100% found out if it was true or not, but, you know, it, it just shows the conservativeness of Nintendo. But I think to say that this movie rectified any fears that they had is an understatement because of what I said. You the 375.6 million worldwide, it made 204 million in the United States alone, and it's already grossed more than I believe Ant Man has made, and it's been out for a week. It's it's just so crazy to me that that it was this movie. But I've talked about you know a little bit of my thoughts of the movie and. I will say from here on out, there are going to be spoilers for the film if you have not seen it yet. You're forewarned, but go see the movie, and then you can come back and listen to this podcast. Going in, I had decent expectations. I was expecting a good movie, not a great movie. And what I really liked about this movie was that it was faithful to the storyline, and a storyline that a lot of modern Mario fans may not know, but the the premise of the movie is Mario and Luigi are these plumbers in New York, and they get pulled into this giant pipe and they emerge in the Mushroom Kingdom. Mario has to save Luigi from Bowser. Bowser wants to find you know this giant star and take over the world, including the Mushroom Kingdom, which is run by Princess Peach pretty self-explanatory if you're a modern Mario fan, minus the Brooklyn plumber part. And I know it's been mentioned in some of the games, but if you really think about it, a lot of the Mario games aren't heavy on story. You, know, you have this opening cut scene of Peach getting kidnapped and you just play through the game and you rescue her and defeat Bowser. This is what I was hoping for, was some actual depth to the Mario and Luigi characters. And we see that Mario and Luigi, they live with their parents and the rest of their family. They've quit this job to start their own business. Uh, They have a falling out with their former boss. Mario is having dad issues, which is one of the better resolutions that you see at the end of the film. Once Mario and Luigi defeat Bowser, and I, I remember thinking, you know, as Samantha and I were watching the movie, I'm like, is this going to come back? You know, is this going to be resolved? And sure enough, it was. So I, I was actually quite happy with that. So I, I liked that it gave some depth to Mario and Luigi. Because if you look at Mario's history, he's kind of a malleable character and that He's really whatever Nintendo has needed him to be. He's been a plumber. He's been a referee. He's been a doctor. He's been a soccer player, golf player, tennis player, whatever. He's needed to be. He is that because you can take some basic game and throw in the Mario characters and it sells well. Because that's how popular those characters are. So I was interested in what they were going to do. And I'm glad that they went with the story that they did. And Chris Pratt was good as Mario. I wouldn't say he was spectacular, but it was one of those things that, you know, as the movie began, I'm like, okay, that's that sounds like Chris Pratt. But within seconds, I had moved on and was enjoying the movie because there are moments that Bowser sounds like Jack Black. And I'm I'm not upset at that. So I wouldn't be upset if Mario sounds like Chris Pratt. Speaking of Bowser, Jack Black was the MVP of this movie. I was excited for the casting because I knew there was going to be some depth of humor in it. And I'm glad that they made Bowser a more humorous character. And, you know, one of his goals is to marry Princess Peach. And that's been brought over from the games Predictable, yes, if you're a long-standing Mario fan like myself, but it was still cool to see on screen. And, and you know, the, the song that is sweeping Twitter and all of social media right now is the Peaches song that Bowser plays on the piano and sings and has a really cool montage. I was laughing hysterically when that happened because it's, When you hear Bowser speak, you can hear a hint of Jack Black. But I thought he actually came up with a good Bowser voice. But when he's singing the song, you're like, okay, that's full Jack Black. That's Tenacious D. That's him going all in in his real life persona. So he brought a little bit of himself into the Bowser character. And it was just really cool to see, you know, all the power ups like the Tanuki suit, the Fire Flower, uh, the Super Mushroom, even the Poison Mushroom makes a couple of appearances. The sound effects were really cool. The music was absolutely incredible. Uh, I believe it was Brian Tyler did the score. And of course, Koji Kondo wrote and conducted uh, the original Nintendo songs that a lot of the score is based off of. And the, the, the biggest thing I can say throughout watching the movie is that I felt like I was watching cutscenes from a Mario game, or that someone had just taken the best of Mario and put it all into this movie. I kind of halfway expected to have a controller in my hand, you know, waiting until I could start playing as Mario and this this game, this movie, I should say, made me want to go home and play Mario. And I love the Sonic the Hedgehog movies. But this had a bit of a different impact on me. And people might be surprised to say that I actually think this movie is better than Sonic 1 and 2. And the nostalgia factor is a big part of that. And I love the Sonic franchise. Um, Sonic is my favorite video game character of all time. But the nostalgia just hits a little harder with Mario. You know, I, when I was hearing the music and I was seeing these characters brought to life... It took me back to sitting in my aunt's living room playing the original super Mario brothers. It took me back to the house that I grew up in playing super Mario world and super Mario 64. You know, the nostalgia does play a part in these things. And that's what I thought was interesting also about the delivery of, and the presentation of the movie is that I felt like it was appealing to two different crowds And I don't really call that a critique, but it was pretty noticeable at times, you know, with illumination doing the animation and the style and everything is obviously catered to children. And that's kind of what I had to keep telling myself is ultimately this movie is not made for me. This is made for kids of today because they're the ones that are going to be watching it. But there is definitely enough for those who grew up playing the video games to get something out of it. And, you know, I could think of a couple of songs that were used, like No Sleep Till Brooklyn by the Beastie Boys, um, ACDC's Thunderstruck. And I'm thinking, okay, that's a a little nod to the older crowd, because I'm like, okay, those songs came out in the, you know, 80s and ACDC's case, maybe the 70s. I'm not quite sure, but I felt like that was a little bit of a a nod. Like I said, Jack Black was the MVP of this movie, but the most surprising character to me uh, was Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Um, Toad has always been, I won't say a joke character, but he's always been around, but not as relevant as maybe he should be. And I thought, you know, Keegan, Michael Key did an amazing job in giving this toad specifically a huge personality and was a scene stealer. Every moment that he was in the movie during the scene, when they're all racing down rainbow road and he shows up in this giant monster truck with the sunglasses, um, I, I will say one thing that made me laugh when he and Mario were walking up to, to Peach's castle and one of the guards said, no, your princess must be in another castle. I, I laughed at that. No, the, the whole theater laughed at that too. That's a nice little nod for, for those who remember the original Super Mario Brothers game. Um, but yeah, this movie was just, it was amazing. It was everything that I had hoped for. You know, I, I didn't need this to be this groundbreaking piece of cinema, which it actually might be, given how you look at it and given the amount of money that it's made. It could jumpstart the next, and maybe comparing it to Marvel might be a little extreme, and I'm not saying it'll get to that level. But I'm saying that this could be the true jumpstart start to more successful adaptations. And we've seen that there are there are two key factors. And I'm going to use The Last of Us as another big example. One, you stick close to the source material. And two, you bring in the creator or creators and have them be involved with the process. There have been so many adaptations that have just been like, okay, we're going to come up with our own thing. It just so happens to take place in that universe. And more often than not, it doesn't work. You know, again, the original Mario movie is the prime example of that. But what we saw in The Last of Us is that they brought in the creator of the game and they were able to tell this story that faithfully adapted the events of the game and yet, it steered off that path a little bit at times, but it was only, I felt like, when they absolutely needed to, and they made it work. This was like the the video games, everything from the sound effects to the music, the characters' looks, the characters' personalities, it's what it needed to be, and I, I think for any future adaptations, this is the model that you need to go after. And I will say that I'm a little surprised that they haven't already announced a sequel to this, given the huge result that it had financially. I'm very curious to see how it does this weekend, to see if there's a huge drop-off. If this thing dominates up until Guardians 3 comes out in early May, there's no way that a sequel doesn't happen. I also think a Donkey Kong Country spinoff is going to happen. And I can't remember the name of the, the voice actor who was cranky Kong, but he was great too. And it was funny because he brought like a Bernie Sanders quality to, to cranky. I felt like, and I, I just thought it was perfect. Uh, the, the, those were some of my favorite moments as well. And with donkey Kong being introduced to the DK rap from N64 or donkey Kong 64 was, uh, was amazing to see it. That, that was one little critique that I had, uh, but it wasn't a huge deal where, you know, like Mario and Donkey Kong, they have this huge fight, and then it's like all of a sudden they make up and they're fighting alongside each other. I was thinking maybe I would have liked to have seen a little bit more from that, but then I thought, okay, this, this isn't made for me, this is made for kids that... You're probably in like the the seven to nine or 10 range and they're not going to worry about that. So you just take it for what it is. Yeah, there's obviously I would have liked the movie to have been longer, so there would have been more content, but you take what you can get. I was overall, I was thrilled with the movie and I cannot wait for the sequel. I can't wait for the spinoffs that happen. There was a little teaser um, in the post credits that made me very happy, and that's you. It's after the the battle of um, battle in uh, New York when uh, God, I sound like I'm talking about Avengers, but uh, yeah, the battle in New York after Mario and Luigi, they they get the the giant star, and that was really cool to hear the da, 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 the invincibility theme from from the original Mario game. They defeat Bowser. Go back to the Mushroom Kingdom, and then we see th- under the city were these sets of warp pipes, and that's where they find the pipe that takes them to the Mushroom Kingdom. And the camera pushes in, and we see this one lone uh, white egg with green spots, and it starts to hatch. We cut to black, and you hear the word Yoshi. So, Yoshi is obviously going to be a-, a huge part of the sequel. I would love if they did a Super Mario World adaptation where maybe Bowser's kids come in, um, rescue him because he was fed a poison mushroom and uh, is kept in a cage in Peach's castle. So I could see them busting him out. Yoshi, you know, hatches and maybe, you know, maybe Yoshi's Island is is one of the worlds that they talked about or one of the islands in the Mushroom Kingdom. And that was a cool hint, too, that there are other galaxies that are out there that are hinting at other uh, franchises that that could potentially happen. But the possibilities are endless. You know, Nintendo has such a huge library of what they could do. Um, Obviously, my number one choice is I would love a live-action adaptation of The Legend of Zelda. I think a series would be much better because those games are longer and more drawn out now, I think going the TV series route is better for most of these because you can draw out the story and you can really flesh out the characters but as we've seen movies can work as well I know The Last of Us was originally going to be a movie and thankfully that didn't happen because I don't think it would have been nearly as good because they wouldn't have been able to tell practically the whole story of the game but um, I think a Zelda live-action series would be incredible A live-action Metroid movie, maybe in the the tone of of Alien, would be really cool. A Star Fox animated series would be cool. Maybe a Castlevania movie in live-action would be really cool. There's so many possibilities. And now that... And Sonic helped out with this as well. I don't want to discredit those movies because they're both great. But I think now with Mario breaking that record... Of biggest opening ever for an animated movie the possibilities are endless and I I do think that it's gonna take some time but I think we are going to get these other properties and the the seven to ten year old in me is can't be more excited because I I never thought I'd see the day that we'd see a successful, Mario movie, I've never thought that we could see a Zelda series or a Zelda movie. Metroid, Castlevania, Mega Man, uh, Kid Icarus, you know, F-Zero. There are so many possibilities for great franchises. And who knows, this could be the next wave of, you know, adaptations, much like, you know, like Marvel has been successful for so long at it. Nintendo and video games might be next. I would certainly hope so, because I I do think we are on the decline of Marvel. There's still some things with Marvel that I'm excited about, but right now I'm, I'd be more interested in seeing more video games get successful adaptations. And I mean, there are some that are coming up. There's a, a Gran Turismo movie that's coming out later this year, I believe. Um, Sonic 3 comes out next year. We've got a God of War series that's being done by Amazon. Bioshock's being done by Netflix. So we'll we'll see if if they're any good. If they follow The Last of Us and the Mario formula, I don't see how they couldn't be. So we'll we'll see what happens. But that's just a little bit of of what I'd like to see. Um, but overall, I I absolutely loved the Mario movie. I know I didn't get into a ton of spoilers, but that. Those are my overall thoughts uh, on the movie, and I I did get one comment that I wanted to uh, to read. Um, this is from Nikki Golden. My comment has no spoilers. We loved it. It was not just a kid movie. As two adults that were born in '86, Nick and I enjoyed it just as much as the kids, and felt like we were re- revisiting our childhood. The character development of Bowser was awesome. And the movie as a whole had so many laughable moments. I may even take my kids back to the theater and pay for overpriced stale popcorn just to see it again. I'm with you. I do want to see it again in theaters before it comes out to streaming or, you know, on on DVD or Blu-ray. I don't get too many physical movies anymore, but this is going to be one that that I get um, because it just means it means a lot to me and i know that might be cheesy to say but as someone who grew up an only child you know and i i had friends when i was a kid but not too many that i hung out with on a you know really regular basis and i found myself retreating into movies and video games and mario was one of my big outlets When I was a kid, I'd still go back and play through Super Mario World um, numerous times. There's that and Link to the Past are the two games I've probably put the most hours into uh, throughout the span of my life. But if I were to give this movie a a number grade, I would give it. I mean, it's, it's not perfect. But I'd give it a solid nine like it was that good. It it made me extremely happy when I watched it because it took me back to a simpler time in my life. And this would be one that I could probably take, you know, my nephews and niece and they would love it and to watch their reaction. You know, it's, it means a lot to so many different people, you know, for, for kids that are kids today. Yeah. They'll find it entertaining and who knows, maybe it'll introduce them to the video games But for someone like me, you know, Nintendo was a big part of my childhood. And this took me back to that. And, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was a really, really good movie. And I, I highly recommend, I mean, if you ended up watching this without seeing it, go see it anyway. It's, it's that good is entertaining and it has something for everybody in my opinion. So I would definitely go check it out, but that's going to wrap up this uh, bonus episode of the Derek diamond experience podcast. This was a lot of fun. Um, If you guys would like me to do maybe more reviews or, you know, just discussions, maybe bring on, you know, like a guest or two and talk about specific movies or franchises or directors, That's something that I've, I've been thinking about, you know, it's, and still do the interviews, but maybe scale those back a little bit and do these more like long form and deep dive discussions. Uh, Definitely let me know. Um, You can write me at ddiamondpodcast at gmail.com, or you can head over to linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. It's where you can find, where you can subscribe to the show. Um, where you can find links to the YouTube channel, social media. And if you could, please leave a review on your podcasting platform. The more reviews I get, the more visible I become to the podcasting public. So for those that might be looking for you know, podcasts about movies or shows or about filmmaking, the more reviews I have, the more likely that this is to come up as one of the top options. So it really does help if you could take a moment to uh, give me a rating or a written review. I would very much appreciate it. So that's going to do it for this bonus episode of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. And we'll see you guys back here Monday on our regularly scheduled day for another awesome episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and have a great weekend.